Theatrical release, streaming release, or both? That has been the question of the last 18 months and continues to be the question of the future, especially for the MCU. A deep dive conversation with a very special guest coming up right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I'm gonna this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth! Mysterio is the truth! Boom. You looking for this? Hey, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the pod, I finally want to tackle the awkward frost giant in the room, the ongoing conversation regarding theatrical release, day and date release, streaming exclusive releases. I talk about it all the time on this podcast. I allude to my thoughts and my feelings on it, and I figured, what the heck, it is time for an entire episode dedicated to it. But of course, I don't want to have that conversation by myself, so I have brought a new guest on the podcast Thomas Carter Rochester of Lights Thunder Action Podcast joins me for this absolute monster of a topic. Thomas, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, Ethan, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I, I love listening every week. So we're excited to come in and talk, you know, a little bit of Shang-Chi, a little bit of Black Widow, a little bit of what might happen in the future. What if, if you will? Yeah, yeah. Covering all the bases. Well, I appreciate that, man. It means a lot knowing that you you listen to the pod and you enjoy it. Um, this this is a big topic, so I, I do appreciate you coming on the show to, to tackle this. Uh, and it extends far beyond the MCU. This is, this is the entire movie industry as a whole. But we will stay inside the MCU uh, today. This is going to be a fun challenge. Before we kind of dive into the conversation, I got to know. Are you are you a theater guy? Are you a streaming guy? Where does your allegiance personally lie? Oh, I pledge my allegiance to the theaters, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, growing up, we I grew up in the 90s, so we had VHS and all that stuff. But uh, going to the theaters, that was an event. Mm-hmm. I think the first theater ever or movie I ever saw was Toy Story. The second was like Jurassic World or Jurassic Park the lost world yeah. and then the third one was star wars phantom menace so it was wow. like event films if you yeah. will those um, are some big hitters yeah i i, I love them I, I love theater um the dream is to have my face on a, on the big screen one day so there you go okay so definitely theater uh, allegiance then i oh yes i i get that i agree to that and i i'm i'm a man of theaters myself what can i say i think uh growing up i didn't I didn't go to the theaters very much. I wasn't like a, a big movie kid. I, I know that I had certain movie obsessions because my parents told me I did. And they said, you you watch Titanic all the time when you were a little kid or you watch Star Wars, The Return of the Jedi on repeat all the time. And it's like, I guess I just don't remember. I don't know. But <laughs> when it comes to the theaters, I know every Thanksgiving day that was like that was the family tradition. You go to the movie theater, you go see a movie after you have dinner like that was it. And that was the big event of the year that was like wow yeah. awesome because because we'd go we'd get our our little kitty you know kitty concession boxes did you ever yes. get those growing up uh no not as a kid but i did as an adult <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i still do that's it's totally a, a clutch move by the way yeah. that's that's the way to go and yeah it was a it was a big event to go to the movie theater so this ongoing conversation of theatrical release exclusiveness versus 
releasing it on Disney Plus the same day or releasing it on HBO Max the same day is really shaking up the movie industry as a whole. Obviously, from what we've seen so mm-hmm. far, do you have do you have just like an initial thought? Like where do where do you stand on this topic? Do you swing one way or the other, or are you kind of just like, eh, whatever works? Uh, I mean, I'm uh, yeah, all of the above actually. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's good for streaming. That's great for theaters. You know, things of that nature. But uh, for the most part, yeah, like every project's got its own destiny, if you will. Every sure. project has its own journey. Um, and as you know, Marvel is showing that they can throw something in the theaters or do something exclusively on Disney plus within just their universe and people are going to flock. So, yeah. And ends up whatever it is, it, Mm -hmm. people are going to consume it. However is best for them for sure. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Disney plus let's, let's start it off by talking about Shang-Chi just came out was theater exclusive. So Mm -hmm. that was, had that going for it. That was the first Disney uh, Marvel theater exclusive movie of, of 2021. Uh, Black Widow, as we all know, went to Disney Plus and theaters, which which we will talk about. We'll talk about kind of the how that panned out. But Shang-Chi, pretty damn successful going theaters only. Is is that due to theaters only, though? I mean, I say yes and no. It's kind of tough, right? Uh, I feel like most people outside our pocket of reality knew about Black Widow. They just didn't care. They're like, oh, Black Widow. I saw this trailer. It was like two uh, two years ago. (laughs) Then it came out and people talked about it for a week. And then it kind of went away. Shang-Chi was similar in the pre-release hype. Like not that many outside of our realm was like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi. But, you know, between uh, it's what, we're two weeks post-release now. And I still hear people be like, oh my God, I just watched Shang-Chi. And then they're texting me to get all my thoughts because they know I eat, (laughs) sleep and breathe this stuff. Um, And you know, between I think it's just between the new IP, um, it being theaters only and having just a great plot with beautiful characters leads to the word of mouth need protector size levels of success, which this film is kind of reaching towards. Yeah, it totally is. And it continues to keep crushing records. I mean, you talk about Shang-Chi setting records and it set a new Labor Day weekend record uh, It set a Monday record or the 27th biggest Monday, I guess, if you will. And it, it did incredible. It it is the fastest movie in 2021 to reach a hundred million dollars domestically. And it Mm -hmm. beat out black widow by a day, which, you know, that's still, when you're talking only six days, that's a big deal beating it out by a day. I think you're right. I think Shang-Chi had all of the components. I think Mm -hmm. that when you talk about, theater exclusive exclusivity it's such a a hard like topic to grasp it's so you can't you can't just say like this movie will do better in a theater only like that just doesn't it there's so much else that goes into it you know yeah exactly uh and the fact that some studios think that oh well we just need people to consume it and we'll make money uh i'm looking at you former bros it's just (laughs) like but but why you're, you're just screwing over the people who gave you the opportunity to make this money. Yeah. The, and it's, it's a tough situation too, because you talk about, and I'm a big movie buff outside of the MCU. So I'm going to, I'm going to draw on some examples out, out of this, but you talk about a movie like the suicide squad, which was supposed to be the comic book movie of the summer. And, mm-hmm. and everybody was supposed to go see that. 
you bet your boy was there opening night in IMAX because yeah. IMAX about to sponsor this podcast, no doubt. But <laughs> I mean, I was there. People enjoyed it. It was a great time. And it flopped, quote unquote, according to according to how we do this. And and again, that conversation leads into a whole different pocket of how do we measure a successful movie now? How how do we do yeah. this? Because Shang-Chi is bottom of the barrel. Black Widow's bottom of the barrel. But then Shang-Chi is setting records. So like it's just it's this really tough situation. But mm-hmm. to go back to the Suicide Squad, you have a day and date release. You've got HBO Max. You've got a theater to go to. And it still just doesn't really do well. And it's not even the most watched movie on HBO Max in 2021, which is just incredible to me. Wild. I don't get that, it. That to me just says bad marketing, which. Okay. I mean, they did great marketing this movie. I don't think they did great in marketing that it's entirely separated from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I've heard from a lot of fans like outside of the nerd kingdom. They're like, oh, should I watch this? Is it related to the first? Right. And I was like, yes and no. It's right. loosely in that they kind of mentioned that some characters have worked together. And outside of that, it has nothing to do with the film at all. Right. Um, and I, it was not marketed that way. Um, and I think that really hurt the film on HBO Max. Uh, and then having it on HBO Max killed it in theaters because I saw it in IMAX mm-hmm. once. <laughs> and then I watched it six times on my iPad while <laughs> sewing. So <laughs> my guy, I mean, look, I went to go see it in IMAX and I hopped in the car and I was like, this was my favorite part of the movie. I'm going to rewatch it right now in my car. And I was like, literally the the living, breathing example of why a day and date release is so effing cool is because I can just rewatch something that I literally just watched in a theater, which is incredible that we, we live in this day and age. You talk about Shang-Chi being a new IP, a new character. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you have black widow, black widow has been around. She's not a new character. She's not really a new storyline. It's a movie that people have been expecting for two years. Um, You, go 737 days between Marvel films, straight films. Obviously you get some WandaVision in there. You get some Falcon and Winter soldier to tide you over, mm-hmm. but that's brutal. That that's tough. So personally I'm looking at those numbers and I'm saying, if one of these movies is going to do better than the other, it's going to be black widow because people are starved for movie content. Do you think in the case of black widow that allowing it to be on Disney plus the same day, do you think that hurt the potential hype or the potential longevity of the film? I want to say yes, but I'm looking at these numbers. And as of September 1st, uh, they had like 181.5 million domestic alone uh, and then 371 international. So that's a lot. I mean, it's 371 million international. That's a lot of money. So it's kind of. It's, it's had legs that we didn't anticipate, especially because of the international situation. Um, but it still made about $105 million on Disney+. Plus, and we know that from the ScarJo mm-hmm. lawsuit of it all. Um, I, it's, it's, it's confusing because I feel like nobody looks at Black Widow as a success. I didn't until I saw these numbers. But is it as successful as Shang-Chi? I don't think so. And I think the Disney day and date uh the premiere access you know on the same day i literally bought it in my car at a red light 
driving home after watching it the first time in IMAX. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm going to go back and see it in IMAX. And then I just haven't because I'm like, well, I could just watch it on my TV. So let me do that because I need to save money. Um, And, you know, I understand that Disney Plus caters to families. Uh, The the premiere access, excuse me. Um, You know, it's not made for single dudes like me. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, financially, I think it may uh you know those premier access i think it's gonna hurt their their revenue still you know uh despite having that 125 million which is important to note they keep 80 percent of that and then on the theatrical revenue then they keep 60 percent of that mm-hmm. and theatrical revenue is where a lot of actors and filmmakers make their money after the fact um so on disney plus you know you can have a family of 10 and i like to break it down this way so everyone understands how big of numbers these are $30 on Disney plus they've made $24 and 10 people get to watch it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go to a theater, that's like 10 bucks a ticket. So you're paying a hundred dollars for your whole family, just in tickets. And that's a $60 profit. So I'm confused as to why they might continue doing premiere access outside of a pandemic situation. Cause I think it really does hurt their revenue. I know that they keep saying that straight to consumer is the future, but I think it's only so that ma- they make more money and everybody else has to be, you know, worker bees. Yeah, you bring up some really, really solid points. And again, that's why this whole conversation has so many wrinkles in it because you talk about the future, which we will talk about. We're going to talk about potentially what the future of the MCU could be with, with day and date releases moving forward. But you talk about the future and seeing how when a when or if but god i hope when the pandemic ends then these day and date releases and making only that much money it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and if you're trying to i can understand releasing it on premiere in terms of trying to keep your studio afloat or trying to bring in the mm-hmm. absolute most amount of money you can do you talk about HBO Max and you're looking to essentially bolster your subscribers into a year or two years or three years down the road and say, we, we need the money as a studio. We need the money as a streaming service. And geez, I, I just, you know, I hope we don't go down. I just because nobody goes to see movies in theaters. So you have all these interesting wrinkles. Black Widow specifically, to me, with everything surrounding it, when you talk about the highest opening weekend for domestically in 2021 you talk about that it's still it's it's still making money like it's still very impressive i bought it i have it so yeah disney scored more of my money but (laughs) you you talk about something like this everything surrounding black widow to me it looks like it was the martyr it was the marvel martyr of the entire franchise so far Hmm. because if you don't do a day and date release like this There are so many things that as a studio, as a company that you don't get to discover or find out or, or report on Disney is really the first streaming service to ever report saying, Hey, we, we made 60 million bucks on black widow and streaming. Nobody does that. Nobody has done that. And streaming numbers are still incredibly evasive to find when you're talking about things Mm -hmm. in terms of watching numbers and subscribers and things like that. Disney has definitely been the most forthright. So if Black Widow doesn't go day and date, you miss that opportunity to maybe pressure other streaming services to say, mm-hmm. we should start reporting, like we should start telling people this and this could be of benefit. 
but also you talk about the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit and everything that comes with that and all of the drama and pushing companies and streaming services to maybe make more conscious decisions with their talent and respect their talent more. Again, it's just so layered and so many different things that you can bring into the fold with this entire situation. I think Black Widow, to me, when, when you talk about something having a day and date release, it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of like notches it down a bit for me. Just yeah. like, you know, because you talk about Shang-Chi and you're like, ooh, I got to go to a theater to see it. It's kind of got that vibe, that energy to it. And then you talk about Black Widow, you're like, yeah, we can just we can just rent it tonight. Like if you're feeling it and then and then like you're never feeling it. So maybe you just yeah. don't, you know, you just don't watch it. <laughs> so that's that's a tough a tough thing to tackle. You mentioned the future and what mm. day and date might look like in the future. What what do you think it's going to be, especially for the MCU? But in general, what do you think this is ever going to stop? That is a that is a, that's a the, wrinkly question. The right loaded there. question. It's super <laughs> loaded. Uh, you know, I think day and date could still be an incredibly an incredible and viable option for a lot of smaller budget films. Um, you know, we've seen Disney release some films straight to Disney Plus, no premiere access. That's Soul and Luca mm-hmm. directly, you know, right to the the, the subscribers. Um, I, I think they could and should start um picking and choosing which films to be like a theatrical only or um only on Disney Plus premiere access, you know, or maybe a day and date, you know, you want to watch it in the theaters and then watch it at home or you can do it, but you got to pay us, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they do that, and I, I think they could do that, but the first thing they got to do is get the contracts figured out um, so that everyone is compensated fairly yep. um, across the entire production uh, and how those streaming numbers really kind of work into that. That's why I'm excited about the ScarJo lawsuit, just because, it's about to change everything like for real in terms of contracts behind the scenes, which is exciting and very scary because it's hard to keep up with. Um, but, you know, it would be interesting if Disney just was like, oh, let's try this film. Well, we'll give it this this mod- uh, this modest budget and we'll, we'll just put it on Disney Plus and see what happens. I think that would be or if they just bought a film, you know, mm-hmm. they, they buy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to buy this film. Right. Boom. We'll distribute it. Boom. We're going to put it right on Disney Plus, Premier Access, only place you can get it. I think that would be a great and viable option for their future. Um, again, got to get those contracts. Yeah. <laughs> got to get those contracts settled, man. Nobody likes lawsuits. Yeah. And that is definitely the most important thing going forward mm-hmm. is that everybody is compensated appropriately for their time. And and you and I, when we talk about compensating appropriately, you you look at Emma Stone takes this lawsuit and basically capitalizes on it and says, like ScarJo, I appreciate you. I'm gonna go secure a fucking bag because of you, and yeah. secures a seven figure bag for Cruella too. And that doesn't happen without ScarJo, absolutely. But when mm-hmm. we talk about this and and securing a seven figure deal and and all of these things. That's a that is just what it is. That's the appropriate response for studios to say. And the other wrinkle, now that I think about it, is you talk about less less hands-on ability to really determine the way your content is viewed. That's mm-hmm. that's another really big thing for studios is they want to manage how people can view their content. You look at Denis Villeneuve for Dune, and he is out there mm-hmm. every day saying 
this is going on a streaming service and it's crap. It's bad. It should not be happening. You should experience this in IMAX. And I don't disagree, but there are pros and cons to both. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very weird situation. The future of Disney Plus, I don't know, because Marvel has now come out and said that all four of their remaining projects for the year, two of which are Marvel, are going theatrical only based on the mm. success of Shang-Chi. That means Eternals. That means No Way Home. Venom Let There Be Carnage follows suit very quickly after that and and push or and basically pulls its date forward and says, this is going to be great. Like we're going to go theater only. And Woo. so I'm I'm curious. I'm just curious if this is going to be an ebb and flow situation of you know, maybe during the holidays and maybe during the Oscars run, you only get theaters and maybe mm-hmm. the rest of the year you see some more day and date stuff. I, I think that could be something uh, to, to push for. But then again, that comes with its own quandaries of you want people to see Oscar winning movies. You want people to, uh, to, mm-hmm. to watch the, the Oscars. You, you want all of these things that come exactly. with it. And it's, it's really a, it's really a, a tough situation. Do you think, in five years, do you think day and date will still be a thing? Oof. I, Another loaded question. I hate to do it. Very loaded question. <laughs> in the movie movie industry in general. Yeah. Whole movie I, industry. I do. I do because it ha- it's it's been a thing. It's just not used very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, I, I think seeing the success that Disney had and the way that they were like, hey, this is how much money we made. I think they did that as a means to being like other studios, we can do it. You can mm, do it yeah. as like a, this is the future. We're going to basically what they did with the volume on the Mandalorian. They took everything we already knew, leveled it up and just said, this is now the benchmark. And mm. I think that is kind of what they did here. So yeah, I, I think it could be, it might even be more prominent in five years than, than it is today. And that is the scariest take I've ever said out loud. <laughs> Yeah, that that took my breath away. And I was like, wow, with this, this might actually be happening. I think, again, Disney and Marvel in a, in a whole is in such a unique situation because they they determine so much of this. They mm-hmm. get to decide and they get to rule. Their movies are the most successful. They own the box office every year. They are potentially making an Oscars run this year with with Eternals, things like this that other studios are not really having the same problems. You've got WB that's basically just trying to keep their directors happy and not lose talent. And then you've got Peacock and universal that are just, just trying to figure out how to use a streaming service. Like (laughs) it's, it's everybody's at very different stages. And a part of the larger conversation is, we stream everything all the time and no company has figured it out. Like nobody's yeah. really figured out how to make a good, good beneficial premium streaming service that, that mm-hmm. benefits people. And this entire conversation, we didn't even bring up, you know, the very prominent fact of, of COVID of safety people. If something yeah. is a theater only that you really take away a lot of your potential market and and, you know, I'll be the first to say, don't go to a theater if a, if you're not vaccinated, B, if you don't feel comfortable. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I understand the impact that that has on people not being able to engage in, in this moment in culture with Shang-Chi and things coming in the future. It's another tough spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, a 
friend of uh, my podcast, Lights Under Action, Klein Felt, he he lives up in uh, Vancouver area, and he had to drive four hours just to see Shang-Chi because they're not open over there. Mm. So uh, I think it was four hours. Anyways, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that do what you got to do, man, because this movie is worth it. Like, yeah. I can guarantee that you will enjoy this movie. Um, and like I live in I live in Florida, so we're we've been open since Memorial Day of like yeah. last year, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's a it's a tough thing. It's very, very interesting conversation and definitely a conversation that we could continue talking about for a very, very long time. It's got oh, yeah. so many wrinkles, so many things going to it. Um, but Hey, I'm, I'm glad that we, we can be IMAX brothers. We can go support oh, yeah. and, uh, go to the theaters and have a good time. Theaters, uh, are, are the way to go, but they might change yeah. in the future. Things, things yeah. might just change. That just might be how it's going and how it will continue to go. And, and we, we really don't know quite yet. Where do you stand on the theater versus streaming debate? Let me know on Twitter at 15 minute Marvel. You know where I stand, you know where Thomas stands, but I, I want to know, I want to know what you think. So get at me on Twitter. Huge shout out, Thomas. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I, I greatly appreciate it. This was an incredibly stimulating and, and passionate conversation for myself. Uh, if people want more of you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Light Thunder Action uh, Podcast. That's at LTA Podcasting for the Twitter. And my personal is at TC Rochester Act. Um, I'd hit you with all my links, but, you know, <laughs> just tweet at me. I'll, I'll give them to you. Do it. Yeah, good. A good follow for sure. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. It was a, it was a great time. I appreciate it. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on any major podcast platform. A huge shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark and Hajir Shakib. I appreciate the support as always. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi. And remember, always go higher, further, and faster. <laughs>